to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. I want to talk to you today about this topic, Stop Believing the Lie. Stop believing the lie. What is the basic definition of a law? What is the basic definition of a law? Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary defines a law as that which is laid, set, or fixed. Another definition I like is that a law is a principle based on the predictable consequences of an act. For example, physical laws tell you that if you throw a ball up in the air, it will fall back to the ground. That's not a news flash. There's only one way the ball will always fall once thrown up in the air, and that is down. A certain act will yield a certain result. I have to turn Siri off. She always thinks I'm talking to her. I know she's always listening, but that's another thing for another time. Another definition Noah Webster gives for a law is a rule, particularly an established or a permanent rule prescribed by supreme power of a state to its subjects for regulating their actions, particularly their social actions. In simplest terms, what I'm trying to tell you today is a law has the power to govern. I want you to let that settle in for a moment. A law has a power to govern. Governments pass laws that lay down, set, or fix what is legal and that which is illegal. The laws of a natural government can literally change a society and a culture. However, we all need to know in the kingdom, God's spiritual laws cannot change. Now, let me give you an example. Let's look at the law of gravity. You know what? As a kid, many of us would try to do all types of stunts and all types of events, and we quickly found out that God gave us our bum for a reason so that we had something soft to land on because we learned quickly that the law of gravity was going to rule our play. Sir Isaac Newton discovered the law of gravity, which basically says that if you drop something, it will always go down. It will never go up. This law also says if you drop something of a given weight from a certain height, like from the top of a three-story building, it will reach the ground in a certain length of time. No matter who you are and no matter where on this earth you are when you drop it. However, the Bible reveals to us that there are spiritual laws as well as natural laws. See, spiritual laws govern the spiritual realm. But they also govern the physical or natural laws because everything that happens in the natural world came from the spirit world. Y'all with me? Okay. I'm going to say that again because I want this to sink in. Spiritual laws govern the spirit realm. But they also govern physical or natural laws because everything in the natural world came from the spirit world. I'm going to show you. John 1 and 1. We're going to go through verse 3. John 1 and 1 through verse 3. I'm in the New King James, by the way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning. We can go on. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. I want you to know that what we see in the physical realm is a result of what took place in the spirit realm. The reason why this is important because so many of us are trying to go about remedying things uh, that are spiritual problems with natural solutions. There is no natural solution for a spiritual dilemma. We need a spiritual answer for a spiritual dilemma. And the moment we start focusing on, what the re- on, what, uh, on where the real battle is, we'll be able to gain great ground. Now, I've told you all this before, but some of you may not have heard this. To give you an example that the invisible world is the real world. Now, don't flip out. I don't want you to think, what is he talking about? Like, is he in the matrix? No. I understand to a large degree that we are in reality. Our five senses, what I can touch, taste, smell. Yes, that is real. However, at the same time, we need to understand that this is a product or a result of what we don't see. So, as I've said before... If the Lord were to take me right here, right now, uh, my body would fall to the ground. My spirit would be gone. In other words, what you see is being held up by what you don't see. My spirit is holding up what you do see, okay? But the reality of it is this will go back to dust and be gone. But my spirit will abide forever either with him or in another place. And the reality of it is the spirit realm is the real realm. This is why we have to exercise our faith. And you can never get bogged down and operate by what you see. If you begin to operate only by what you see, you'll get fixated, you'll get frustrated, you'll get discouraged. But this is why you don't walk by sight. This is why you don't walk by what you say. This is why you don't walk by what you think. You don't walk by what you feel. You don't walk by what you hear. You don't walk by what you smell. You walk by faith. Do I have anybody that walks by faith today? Do I have anybody that understands it's not about what you're going through? You serve a God who will sustain you. You serve a God who will keep you. It doesn't matter what you're facing. You have a God that will keep you. Why? Because you know who you have confidence in. Your faith is in a God that cannot fail you. If you believe that, clap your hands unto the Lord. So we see this. Everything we contact with our physical senses originally came from God. Therefore, all things natural or physical are governed by that which is spiritual. I'm going to give you an example. Now, the key to all creation and even creativity is the word of God. I need you to let this sink in for a moment, okay? I believe, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I believe what I'm going to share with you today is going to really help somebody. I feel like the Lord has given me insight, and I'm going to unpack this a little bit more in a few moments. But I want you to understand, the key to all creation and creativity is in the Word of God. The universe was framed by the Word of God. And this has always been a Word planet. God designed it that way. Let me show you again. Let's go to Hebrews 11 and 3. The reason why I keep saying this and preaching this and putting this in your spirit is because We will be a faith church. We will have extraordinary faith. And we will see God do extraordinary things. Not based on what we feel, taste, hear, smell. No, no, no. It's based on his word. So watch this. Look at this. This is important because by faith, not by what you see, 
not by what you feel, not by what you hear, by faith, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. <laughs> Praise God. You've heard me say this before, but it is the absolute truth. You don't go anybody's, you don't go to anybody's house, at least most people don't go into someone's home and say, you know what? They'll, they'll go in and they'll say, I love what you did with the crown molding. Ooh, that lighting. Oh, girl, where'd you get those counter, uh, those granite countertops? Now, I wouldn't say it like that. I'd just be like, yo, I, I like the kitchen. Praise God. Nobody walks in the house and says, I absolutely love the framing. They don't say that because you can't see it. But the framing is holding up what you do see. This is why we need to understand everything that we see is being held up by the word of God that you don't see. You need to understand that the word has creative power and and we were made in his image. The way that we operate in the spirit realm is not only through faith, but what we say. We're going to talk about it here in a moment. We're going to, see, the enemy wants you to believe this lie, but as of today, I'm telling you, we are going to stop believing the lie. Watch this. God used his words. God used his words, spiritual things that are not seen, to create the physical universe. Natural things that are seen. Now, look at what happens. Let's go to Genesis 1, verse 3. And just stick with me, media team. We're going to go 3, 6, 9, 11, 14, 20, 24. Did you catch that? No, I know you wouldn't. I just, just stick with me. I'm just poking fun at her. Genesis 1, 3 said, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Look at verse 6. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Look at verse 9. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Look at verse 11. Uh, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed and the, troop, uh, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. Look at verse 14. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Look at verse 20. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament waters. In verse 24, then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and the beasts of the earth according to its kind. And it was so. And what you need to understand is as you read each statement, you will quickly come to the conclusion that it says, and it was so. In other words, what God says happens. If he said it, you can bank on it. <laughs> I need you to get this, because if you get this, you're going to stop believing the lie, and there won't be a devil in hell that can stop you. Isaiah 55 and 11. Isaiah 55 and 11. Look at this. And I'm going to wait till she can get it on the screen. Praise God. You just so, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, 
but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You need to understand when God says it, for God to act is when God speaks. For when God speaks, he is acting. This is why you need to understand the importance and the power or potency of your words and what you let come out of your mouth. You better be careful what you say. Also, notice, God made a thing, or excuse me, he spoke a thing and it was, and then what? What did you read? And it was good. Not only when God does a thing, he does it, but he does it, and it's good. <laughs> God wants to do good things in your life. And when God speaks, you need to expect good things. And when you speak his word, you better expect you better expect good things. You don't have to expect negative things. You don't have to fear the day. You speak the word of God, and you know God is a good God. He can't be anything but good. Therefore, he can't do anything but good. So you can expect all things are working together for my, for my good, for my good. God is good. Everything he says and does is always good. And he always operates and creates the same way by his word. This is why when I read to you John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. It goes on. I just like to say it because it's the truth. It goes on in verse 14, and it says, And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. Who is the word? <laughs> Say his name again. Say his name again. There's power in the name of Jesus. Just like we were singing about. Something happens when you call on the name of Jesus. Healing happens and breakthroughs happen. Deliverance happens. I dare somebody to open up your mouth and cry aloud. The name that's above every name. Jesus. Something about the name of Jesus. But as I was thinking today, and I was having a very transparent thought or trans transparent moment with God, which I, I tend to do more often than not just because he already knows everything. You and I, by the way, I'll just put this, you can just put this in your pocket. You can be transparent with God because he already knows everything. So you don't have to hide anything from him. And you can be willingly and gladly broken and know and know that he won't refuse you or reject you, but that he runs to the broken. That's what scripture says. He is near to the broken heart. He is near to it. So you can be broken. So I was being transparent with God. And I have been involved in pastoral ministry for 22 years. I became a youth pastor in Life Church in Richmond, Virginia in August of 1999. And uh, one of the things that I have learned about ministry, and I'm just being transparent with you. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. Please know my heart. Uh, I love exactly what I do. I'm called by God to do it. Uh, I did not choose this. He chose me. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I'd be a pastor, let alone a preacher. However, God has seen fit to do so, and I give him praise for that. I finally had to yield to it. I ran away from it for a long time. But here is something that I have learned about ministry ministry is brutal 
It's beautiful. However, it's brutal at the same time. And there have been times, there have been times where it has been so significantly physically and spiritually challenging that I would not wish it on my worst enemy. There have been times when I thought to myself, I'm done. There have been times when I've spoken with my wife and I told her, I'm done. And not just flippantly or with glib, like, I'm done. I mean, like, no, I'm done. I want to be out of this. I want to just go get a regular job, sit on the pew, pay my tithes, give an offering unto the Lord, and celebrate the presence of God. I thought, I want to do that. In addition to the demands of full-time ministry, life, parenting, being a husband, I could go down the list. They have become more demanding than ever. But can I tell you, something has shifted in my life over the last few years that I want to put in your spirit that has changed and God is changing me. I don't have my mind around this in totality, but God has continued to give me glimpses to affirm that I am on the right path. And I have never been more joyful. I have never been more excited. I have never been filled with more anticipation of what God is going to do than in this season that I've been in in the last few years. And I want to put this into your spirit tonight or in today. I'm telling you, and as a matter of fact, this season has probably been the most hectic season of my life, Bella. I'm not complaining. I'm ripping and running and going and gunning, and I, sometimes I don't even know where I'm at. You can tell I'm becoming more like my dad on the fly. I'm just making stuff up, ripping and running, running, gunning. He got something to say about everything. Y'all help me, Lord Jesus. Dad, if you're listening to this, it's happening. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> Sarah's like, no, 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 no. I've never been busier. Sometimes I'm telling you, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying, and I love this. I love what I'm doing. I'm serving on different boards. I'm preaching at different places. I was up north in Bradford, drove an hour up there, preached my guts out. Didn't even have time. Pastor was like, man, can we just stay and hang out? I was like, man, I got to go. <laughs> get in the car. I'm driving. Get here. And uh, the media team was like, Pastor, what you preaching? I was like, I know what I'm preaching. You know, normally I have my statement splash screens and all that stuff. I was like, I didn't have time to do it, sis. I'm sorry about that. I said, I'm still working on my message right now. But God, you know what? At the same time, I've never been more fulfilled. And something has shifted. And I want you to get this because if you get this in your spirit, something happened where I stopped believing the lie. Something happened a few years ago. It began to happen. We were in Florida, and it's been manifesting itself in greater ways, and I want to put this into your spirit today. Are you ready? Praise God. A few of y'all ready. Thank you, baby. Thank you, Elder. Are you ready? Are you ready? That's what I'm talking about, Ryan. Yes. Praise God. I changed the way I think. I changed the way I think. Now, I'm going to be brutally transparent with you all. I'm trying not to get choked up. Let me tell Because I've been in snot all over the place, and you need some tissues, and you ain't going to have no tissues, and praise God. I change the way I think. Now, let me just tell you what I'm about to say, but I don't want anybody to walk away saying that this trumps the Holy Ghost, but I know my personality. 
My personality is a melancholy choleric. In other words, beforehand, I enjoyed more gray days than I did sunny days. And if you wanted to know what I wanted to do, I'd be like, it was not being around a group of people. I'd be like, y'all can get up out my face what y'all can do. Leave me alone. And it was fine. I, no, I wasn't mad at anybody. I just wanted my time to myself. And you know what? Sarah would say stuff to me or people were like, man, aren't you excited? I'm like, like, are you having fun? I'm like, I'm having a good time. They'd be like, can you? I remember working with my first pastor. He was saying he was so excited. He was like, man, aren't you excited? I was like, yeah. He was like, I need you to show it on your face. <laughs> Y'all met Pastor Buddy. Y'all met him, yeah. He would call me out on stuff. He's like, if you're excited, I need you to show it on your face. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took a while. It took a while. But I began to change the way I think. And it changed everything. I wish I would have had this 20, 25 years ago, because it would have revolutionized. It's revolutionizing our marriage. I'm going to help somebody today, but she'll tell you who I was married to, who she was married to. <laughs> Told y'all. <laughs> who she was married She'll tell you the truth and shame the devil. It was, it, it was hard. It was hard to live with me at first. She was like, listen, she would wake up in the morning, just have all this joy and singing. Good morning. Now, I, didn't, I just, I, I snatched that song out of her real quick. Yeah, she, I would look at her like, if you try that one more time. But something changed. It was the way I began to think. I think something began to happen when I realized two things. See, somebody speaks something into your life, and it doesn't necessarily manifest itself right away. I'll give you just one example. I'm going to get back to my notes. But I can remember, I used to be uh, like a, a control freak, right? Sarah's like, mm-hmm. She's shaking that, mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? It would drive me crazy if things weren't, like, tight. I come home, it was going to be, like, well, look at this mess. I wasn't really that hype, but I'm like, look at this. Get this stuff together. And I had one of my elders, she spoke to me, boo. She said, look, she said, first of all, you need to understand there's a difference between messy and dirty. She said, second of all, you can get bent out of shape about this and you won't enjoy the wife of your youth. She was telling the truth too. I said, oh man. And you know, it convicted me a little bit. It pricked me. But then something began to happen when I get a little older. I got a little older. I began to realize and appreciate more my mortality. I realized how quickly life can be gone. I realized how quickly life can change just on a pivot. I used to get bent out of shape about everything and anybody. Somebody didn't like me because I couldn't figure out how in the world would somebody not like me. Especially when I didn't do anything. I'm like, you're just making stuff up. I'm like, I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. I'm behind you. Do you know how many hours I have taken from my family to invest in you and you still talking bad about me? I'm like, what in the world? I used to get bent out of shape about it. Now I'm just like. Because I'm not out to please everybody else. I'm out to please God. Something shifted. I'm telling you, I need you to get this. I want to give this to you in just a little bit. But we have to change the way that we think. The battle is this three and a half pounds of brain matter right in between our skull. We have to realize, we have to fix our thinking. And when we get our thinking fixed, you'll stop believing the lie of the devil.
So think about this just a moment. There are defeated Christians. Some of you are in this room right now. And isn't that an oxymoron in and of itself? A defeated Christian. A defeated Christian. How is that possible? I'll tell you how. Because we believe the lie of the devil. Now, Christians who are defeated in life are defeated, hear me, because they believe and confess the wrong things. This was me. This was me. I was doing this. They have spoken the words of the enemy, and now those words have them in bondage. They're what we call strongholds. Okay. Now, some of y'all looking like, what is he talking about? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you Proverbs 6 and 2. Proverbs 6 and 2. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Are you letting this sink in today? In other words, faith-filled words will put you over. Fear-filled words will defeat you. I'm trying to get you to understand that words are the most powerful thing in the universe. And here's what I want you to get. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And what happens is you speak what you think. Now, even, even if you're doing it to yourself. Now, surely you might not say everything that crosses your mind about somebody to somebody. But when you get alone, you know it. You might look at your husband and be like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. Moment you get in the car, get on my nerves. Make me sick. We think he is talking or what. You know you do that stuff. You look at your boss, you be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'll get right on it. Every time I come up here, got something to say to me. Do this, do that, this delay, blah, blah, blah. This is exactly what you do. And so we talk to ourselves. But talking to ourselves is just as important. We have to be careful what comes out of our mouth. And if we're going to govern what comes out of our mouth, we have to start at the root at what we think. I'm going to help somebody here today stop believing the lie. I'm going to hurry up and watch time too. But here's what I want you to know. If your thoughts are full of faith, full of God's truth, you are becoming more like Christ every single day. If your thoughts are negative, toxic, polluted, I promise you, you will not live in the victory that Jesus Christ died to give you. I promise you'll struggle with your actions. You'll struggle with your thoughts because your thoughts are far from God's truth. But if you will allow yourself to meditate, meditate on the word of God, meditate on his word. If you will allow yourself to meditate on his word. See, you know, I'm just doing this on the fly. Go to the first Psalm. I want them to see this. Go to the first psalm real quick, and you just dance with me, okay? Praise God. Check it out. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, this blessed is happy, okay? Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Look at this. But his delight. 
this happy man delights in the law, the the law, what governs, what regulates, what dictates (laughs) the law of the Lord. And in his law, his rule, his order, what establishes culture, what establishes policy in the the unseen realm is what he meditates on day and night. Now, this meditation is not just thinking about it. Look it up. It means to murmur. (laughs) Thinking about it so much as opposed to Consuelo saying, every time he preach, he always coming over here, all up in my face. <laughs> always got something to say. I don't, I'm tired of smelling him. I need him to get from up, up off me. You know what? She can meditate on the word. Meditate on it so much, you say it. I need you to hear me now. This began to shift my attitude. Because I would get up in the morning... I'm getting up angry. Why in the world am I waking up angry? I'm alive in the land of the living. And I'm waking up. I'm waking up angry. Let's be like, what is going on? I'm like, no, now I'm like, praise God. I'm excited. Why? Because I'm meditating on his So, you got to meditate on the word. Meditate on his law. Remember what I told you laws do. They govern, they dictate, they rule, they're policy. Now, let's check this out. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. I'm just just proofing text on the fly. So, just stick with me here. Go, uh, keep dancing, keep dancing. Go like to verse 6. Try five, three. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Sarah. See, you got my back. Praise God. Go three. Go verse three. Every place, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. Uh, four, four, I'm going to find it. It's eight, thank you. I thought it was a little later. Okay, yeah, eight. Ah, this book of the, if I start running around here, this book of the law shall not depart from your But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. Look at verse, according to all that is written in it. For then. And we wonder why we're not getting God's results. Because we're not meditating on his word and speaking it. But the moment you meditate on his word, you'll speak his word. And when you speak his word, you'll get his results. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It is he who is greater in me than I meditate on the word. I meditate on the word. I, I meditate on the word. Look at, let's go to Deuteronomy 6. I'm just going to read this quickly. Verse 1. And we're going we're gonna to dance through it. Now this is the commandment. This is law. And these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you. That you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. Now they're getting ready to receive this promise. And look at this. That you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you. 
you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. See, it's for everybody. Now, hold on, watch this. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it. That it may be what? I just feel like strongholds are falling off right now. I ain't even had a chance to. I just feel like our understanding is being open. That it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly. <laughs> you want to know why I know we're the fastest growing church in Canada? Because we're heeding his word. We're going to multiply greatly for the glory of God. You might have to get a new seat, sis. Praise God. Because if I got any funk, it's just coming all up on you. Praise God. I do sweat quite a bit when I pray. I get a good workout. Just ask Ryan. Ryan, praise God. He encouraged me. He did our dessert auction. He said, man, Pastor Akil, he said, oh, I was wore out after the dessert auction. Praise God. He said, you do this every day. I said, man, we go hard every day. So you know what? It's a good workout. But he said, I'll multiply you greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Look at verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your, your heart. You're meditating on these things. You're thinking about these things. When somebody's on your heart, you know what? When Sarah and I, we first, we became good friends. And our friendship became so strong. When good things happened, I wanted to share them with her. When she was doing stuff or trying stuff, she was on my heart. And then when I realized and I chose I'm going to love her, I was like, yo, this is it. I was, she was on my mind all the time. I was like, I wonder what Sarah doing. We would be on the phone, and y'all don't know nothing about this. Because, like, today, first of all, I feel sorry for our kids today because, like, they can text one another. But, like, back in the day, if you see Raul shaking it, he's like, I know. Back in the day, when I wanted to go out, I had to call the house phone. And Sarah's parents were going to pick up the phone. I was like, um, 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 uh, uh, get it out, 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 get it out. They don't know anything about that today. Praise God. They just Snapchatting and TikToking and doing all kind of crazy stuff. I'm talking about it was different. It was different back then. She was on my heart, and so I would call, and I would go. So you know what? Look at this. I command you this day. Now watch this. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. See what happens when you meditate on the word? Always, always. This is how you're going to fix your mind. Hear me? Always, always. You want to, can I think about something else? Uh-uh, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you with some moments of honesty here. I'm going to help you because something's going to fix and happen. Watch this. Let's go to Romans 12.1. Hopefully this will give you different context. She might not have called. Did you catch Romans 12.1? Okay, look, look, you're just showing out. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Watch it. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, here's what's cool about this is you can't renew your mind. I can't renew my mind. The word of God renews my mind 
So when I'm meditating on the word of God, it is rewiring the way that I think. It is rewiring what I value. It is rewiring what I see because I'm meditating on the word of God. I'm not meditating on Oprah's top selling books. I'm not meditating on what Confucius said. I'm meditating on the word of God. And when I meditate on the word of God, I will speak the word of God. And when I speak the word of God, I'm speaking life because the word says, the Bible says that his word is life and health unto my flesh. The word says that his word is like honey to my taste. I'm trying to help you understand when you meditate on the word, it'll bring life. When you speak the word, it'll be sweet encouragement to the atmosphere you live in and who's around you. You need to understand that words create your world. And I'll tell you when I, I, I won't get into it now, but I remember somebody challenged me in Florida. I'd always talk to him. Say, man, what's going on? Living the dream. This man said one more time, he living the dream. I said, he can't be living. Every time, man, I'm living the dream, Pastor Kill. I'm living the dream. You know what? God began to deal with me because he had faith. He had great faith. And it began to challenge me. So here's the thing. Remember this. Your life is always moving. In the direction of your strongest thoughts. If your thoughts are full of faith, full of God's truth, you're becoming more like Christ every day. Our thoughts, our lives, in the direction, they move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So watch this. Watch this. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. But in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. What am I trying to get you to understand? That if you are filled with his spirit, you are not subject to these thoughts of a carnal mind. You can bring them under the subjection of the lordship of Jesus Christ. And you can begin to speak faith-filled words when you wake up in the morning. Here's what I used to do. Now, I'm just being candid. Because Sarah will tell you. And I'm probably not being as brutal. I'm not being as hard on myself as I probably could be. But when I wake up, I ain't getting enough sleep. I'm just tired. I'm wore out. This is what I said. I ain't even got my day started yet. I'm like, I'm wore slam out. I don't want to do anything. I would say stuff like that. And all the time, <laughs> I ain't going to tell you what she'd be smiling. She'd be singing this stuff. And I'd be like, I don't want to do anything. I'm tired. Just trying to quench that joy. <laughs> no, you can't. I've tried. No. And I'm thankful that I, I'm, I've been able to. But I'd wake up and I'd say these things. And you all do the same stuff. You wake up. Psh, so tired. I don't want to go to work. You say something like, oh, I can't stand my job. It's making me sick. You, moment you get there, 
I can't wait to leave. <laughs> you ain't even got there yet. You like, I can't wait to leave. You say something like, these customers just get on my last nerve. What you mean, where is so-and-so? You do realize without customers, you wouldn't have a job. <laughs> and you know, get on my last nerve. It's over there. Go get it. That's the kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm here to pay your salary. You should be glad I'm here. But this is the stuff that we do. We get around people and we're like, oh, Lord, here they come. I know they ain't got nothing good to say. Lord, let me run on out of here. here they, this is the stuff we do. We, 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 we get to, oh, I don't even want to hang around so and so. Every time I get around, it just made me sick. Just drain me. This is the stuff that we say. And this is the stuff that is creating our world. The moment the phone rang, oh, my God. They calling again? I just got finished talking. What do they want? You say this stuff, and then you wonder why these conversations aren't life-giving. You wonder why you drain. Well, you just declared it. You just declared, oh, my God, just drain me. Then when you see them, you don't even want to talk to them. And you wonder why. You've just declared it. And I used to do this stuff all the time. I used to be, now don't get me wrong, I love my work, but I'd be like, man, I, I was a workaholic. And I just work, 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 work. He said, I don't have enough time to get everything I need to get done. I'm talking to somebody. I just, so much I got to do. How am I going to do this? I don't have time for that. I don't have time for this. Somebody wants to go do this. I don't have time to have fun. I remember somebody asked me to play golf. I was like, I thought to myself, I don't have time for golf. How do you have time for golf? I was like, ain't we doing the same thing? You got time for golf and I don't? So I'm being too transparent. Help me, Lord. Help me. But this is the stuff that I would think to myself. Just negative, negative, negative. Okay? Now, and now I'm sure I was just I was wearing that snooze button out. Don't even get me started. But now, when I wake up, you know what? I purpose to say things. Where's my Bible? Oh. I purpose to say things like this. My God is with me. My life matters. I've got a great calling. You know what? I was going to preach today, and I said, Lord, I feel like, you know, and then before I said it, I said, uh-uh, uh-uh, You have anointed me today to preach to these people. I'm going to declare your words of life and hope and possibilities. I'm going to bless the Greater Life Church. We're going to see God move. People are going to respond in faith. I begin to declare the word of the Lord. Thou has anointed me for such a time as this. I will set the captives free. That's what God has called me to do. I declare his word. I wake up with mission. I wake up with purpose. I wake up with passion. Now, I will tell you, that doesn't mean I have to run around clicking my heels all the time. I told Sarah, I don't need inspiration. I just want to get the job done. I don't need pep talks. No, I'm not, man. Somebody might need pep talk. Hey, 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 you can do it. Man, let's go. You said let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm not minimizing the pep talk if you need it. But what I'm saying is I wake up saying, God, I'm ready for the day. I'm ready because you made it and you made me. And there's purpose on my life. There's anointing on my life. This is the day and I'm going to fulfill your will for my life. So, and again, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. 
Let me tell you, this is why I give you all biblical prayers to pray. Because I want you to pray these prayers. I pray these prayers, prayed them just was yesterday. Pray them almost every day. Put them on my desk for my family. And I'm going to tell you what I pray. I'm going to share them with you because I want you to pray them. I think it's important that you pray them. And so here's something that I pray for my children. And I pray it almost every day. I try with everything that I have. You know what I say? Father, in Jesus' name, I confess with my mouth through faith in your word that my children, Mia and Lincoln, are taught of the Lord. Great is their peace. I thank you that my children obey us, their parents, for it is right that they honor their mother and father. I thank you that you have promised us that it is well with my children and that they will live long on the earth. I confess that we as their parents will not provoke them to wrath, but will bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. My children will not be discouraged. They will be greatly used of God. That's why I pray over their ministries. I pray over their giftings. And I've watched God bless. I say, Sarah and I teach your word diligently to our children. We talk about it when we sit in our house or when we walk by the way, when we lie down and when we rise up. We chasten our children while there is hope. I could go down the list, but I pray this for my children. I pray for my wife, and I'll tell you what I pray for my wife. I could go down the list on what I pray for the church. I'm telling you, you need to declare the word of the Lord over your situation. Here's when it hit me. Here's when it hit me. And Sarah said, because she said, man, you, she said, man, you tell people this and you tell people that. And I said, yeah, I do. I, I, because God is doing it. God is doing it. You know what? I realized at some point, I had two major issues in my life. I'll never forget this. I was stricken with anxiety. It was debilitating. She would tell you. My kids didn't even know. I mean, she, they might have heard me talk about it recently and say something. I can remember. I, I thought to my, my, Sarah was so compassionate, so kind. Because I would wake up and I'd be like, oh, oh. I would just clutch my chest. I thought I was dying. I'm screaming. I'm saying all kind of crazy stuff. I remember one time, it was so bad, she called my mom. I was hallucinating, just working myself into exhaustion. I was fearful, fearful. Here I am, pastoring, assistant pastor at a church, and I'm fearful. You would think, he ain't got nothing to be afraid of. I'm thinking, I would be riddled with fear. And can I tell you, fear is a spirit to torment you. I can remember just like I'd wake up and she got so used to it, I'd wake up screaming and saying stuff and she'd just reach over and just, just try to calm me down and go back to sleep. At first I thought it was driving her crazy. And then it got so bad she just was normal to it. But you know what? She never made me feel bad about it. I remember being riddled with anxiety over several things. And then the Lord spoke very clearly to me and he just said, stop it. Stop it. I said, Lord, he said, stop it. Stop it. And I was trying to come up with all these excuses as to why this behavior was permissible. And he just said, stop it. You know what he said beneath that? He was like, stop believing the lie. You want to know what the lie was? I'm going to hell. That's what the lie was. Stop believing the lie. And I started to declare the word of the Lord. 
And I realize that my God has plans for me to prosper me. I realize he's going to build a place and he's preparing it for me. I realize he's got it so together that he's building streets. He's building a place with streets of gold. That gold is asphalt in heaven. I believe the word of the Lord. I stop allowing the enemy to bully me, to, pro uh, to provoke me to thinking, or that I wasn't right with God because it was fear tormenting me. I begin to believe the word of the Lord. And then the second thing, I for, oh, second thing I just remember, just I remember exactly what it was, just being negative, negative all the time. And the Lord said, hey, stop. You can stop and live by faith. And I was like, what is this? Because you know what? I had to have, at some point, we have to be honest with one another. And we have to be honest with ourselves. I can remember and here's where you need to be honest with yourself. Do you like the thought life you have right now? Because if you're going in the direction of your strongest thoughts, the question is, do you like where you're headed? And I had to be honest with myself and realize, you know what? I don't like where I'm headed. I don't like where I'm headed. So you know what I decided to do? I'm going to take responsibility for my own thoughts. And say, God, you're going to help me with this. I'm going to, here, this is why, you know what? This is why I talk to myself all the time. Because you know what? I'll have thoughts. I was doing it today. You can't control every thought. But when I have thoughts that I know are not of God, you know what? God, I plead your blood on my mind. I plead your blood upon my thought life right now. This thought is not of you. It will not take up residence in my heart or in my mind. I denounce it. And I bring it under the subjection of your lordship. This is what a stronghold is. This is what a stronghold is. Um, when Paul talks about casting down these imaginations, these strongholds, what he's talking about is something that has deceived you and it's got you paralyzed. Now hear me. I'm just, I'm just flowing. I'm going to hurry up and be done here in a moment. But here's why I want you to get this. Because a stronghold will debilitate you and prevent you from getting what God has for your life. So let me tell you, a stronghold though is a lie. Let me give you an example. This is a John Maxwell illustration. So you know what? John Maxwell talks about uh, the uh, fleas. And you know, the fleas were jumping. He was talking about the law of the lid and how you have to be lid lifters in people's lives. And I want to be a lid lifter in people's lives. And so he talks about how this, these fleas, they were in a jar and they would jump up and they would hit their head on the lid. And they were just like bludgeoning themselves on the lid. And eventually they got smart. And said, you know what? We're going to stop jumping up to hit the lid. So you know what? They started doing that. And then you know what the guy who owned the lid did? He took the lid off. But you know what they did? Stayed there. See, that's what a stronghold is. The deception had been removed. I'm in the Holy Ghost. The deception had been removed but they were still bound by the deception. That's what a stronghold is. That's how they can take elephants and you can chain them up and after a certain period of time, you can take that chain off and they'll never leave or walk beyond the circumference of what that chain would allow them to because they're too familiar with the bondage of that stronghold. And if you're not careful, strongholds are binding us today. That's why we're not living victorious as God is, trauma, is trying to get us to live. And this is what we need to do. We need to align our thoughts with God's thoughts. 
And when I think God's thoughts, he doesn't turn you into a better person. He turns you into a new creation. A new creation. This is why. Here's what you do. See, here's what you need to say. You, you need to let God change you into a new person in the way that you think. Like it or not, okay? So much of life isn't about what happens to you. It's about what you think or how you think, excuse me, what happens to you. I heard one leader say this, and this blew me away because he said he was talking with somebody, and they were like, well, what can I do to see career advancement, so forth and so on? And he was like, you know what I told them? Don't get another skill. Don't get another degree. Don't get another certification. Don't get another mentor. He said, learn how to think better. I thought, goodness, that's so good. So what I want you to understand is it's not so much what happens to you. It's how you think about what happens to you. It's the same with stress. I'm just as stressed as I've ever been. But stress is not about how much you have to do. Stress is how you think about what you have to do. When you recognize that God is with you, his power is real, his grace sustains you. When you're weak, he carries you. And that God has called you for such a time as this. And in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. Suddenly, it seems like a great opportunity for God to get the glory out of our lives. And this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. I'm going to close. Princess, why don't you come? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. I'm almost saying I'm just trying to give you all some hope. I'm real passionate about this today, but I want you all to see this. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. Look at this. For though we walk in the flesh, you got to hear this. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And watch this and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. You don't need to break out a switchblade. You don't need to break out brass knuckles. You don't need to break out a pistol. You need to break out praise. You need to break out worship. You need to break out thanksgiving. You need to break out prayer. You need to break out fasting. You need to break out mercy and grace. You need to break out forgiveness. You need to break out the... You need to break out the helmet of salvation. You need to break out the breastplate of righteousness. You need to break out the shield of faith like we talked about. You need to break out the shoes with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's what we have to do. And when you have disobedient thoughts, you know what you do? You punish them. Now, when I was growing up, boy, Elvis looking too like he know what I'm talking about. When I was growing up and I acted up, my mom and dad, they didn't give me what was called a spanking. Boy. I got beat down. Whoopings. Whoopings, not spankings. Spankings are cute. Spankings are cute. I was running for my life. And where I ran, I'd run up under the bed. I remember one time I ran up under the bed. 
boy, <laughs> y'all don't even want to know this. <laughs> I don't know, kids do just dumb stuff. I, I, I did some, I had, I'd never done this before. I don't even know where I got it. My mama wanted me to do something. I stuck my tongue out at her, right? And I'd never seen my mom move so quick off that couch in my life. It's like she got up off the couch, flew into the kitchen and got the fly swatter. That's the quickest thing she could grab. And I don't think she touched the ground until she got to the bathroom door, which I was trying to get to to hide. I made it in that bathroom door and I closed. And I did not come out. I did not eat dinner. I did not, because I knew it's a problem. It was like three o'clock in the morning. I was like, I was in the bed, the covers. I was like, oh, good. I fell asleep. And it was my dad. He was like, see, spankings are like this. Boy, whoopings are just, they swinging and it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit something. I don't know what it's going to hit, but it's going to hit something. I was getting whooped so bad. I fell out the bed. Days I climbed up underneath the bed. He climbed up underneath the bed too. Didn't I? You need to punish. You need to punish those thoughts. When you have thoughts that say you're not going to make it, punish it with the word of God. When you have thoughts that say your marriage is not going to make it, punish it with the word of God. When you have thoughts that say your children aren't going to make it, punish it with the Word of God. When you have thoughts that say you're not good enough, punish it with the Word of God. I'm here to encourage someone today. You look that thought right in the face, figuratively speaking, and say, shut up, sit down, and get out. Because you do not have authority here. The Word of God reigns in my life, and he's, He has thoughts about me that say differently. So, what are some negative thoughts that you're having? I'd like us all to stand. I want you today to stop believing the lie. Some of you are saying, I can't get it all done. Some of you are saying, I'm always going to battle such and such. Some of you are going to say, I'm very inconsistent. I'm on, I'm off. I'm on, I'm off. I'm on, I'm off. Some of you will say, I'm undisciplined. Some of you will say, I'm never going to get ahead. Some of you are saying, I'm just not good with people. A college student here saying, I'm just an average student. Or I'm never going to graduate school. I'm not enough. Whatever it is, I want you to punish that thought. And I want you to begin to speak spiritual truths that will punish those thoughts. You say things like, I have everything I need to do everything God has called me to do. You say things that are biblical truths like, Christ in me is more than enough. You say things like, worry is not my master. My faith is in God and God alone. You say things like, I am not easily offended. I am full of the love of God, which is His Spirit shed abroad in my heart. And it is unquenchable, unstoppable, and it is unconditional. I am not easily offended. You speak truth like, my God will never leave me nor forsake me. He is always with me.
See, I think I've shared this with you once before, but I close with this. I have my personal anthem, and I used to have it on my wall. And maybe I, maybe I need to get it back on my wall. It used to be on my desktop, everything. It says, I am trembling but hungry. I am weak but resolved within myself. I wrote this like almost 20 years ago. I'm carnal, immature, and foolish. Yet I have this advantage. By grace, I seek the way ahead. And the destination that is alive is the dream of my heart. I know what I long for more than money, comfort, honor, fame, and even the power and blessing of God. I know what I want my life to be about and I will fight the good fight with the best of my strength to lay hold of something more than a flowery prayer language and the ability to teach a few scripture passages. I want a movement. I want God. Today I encourage you. This is why I'm so passionate about these biblical prayers and we pray them over your finances and everywhere. You need to get these and pray these every day. As a leader, the beginning of 2020, I begin to say this almost every day. I can and will learn from anyone. I will embrace change because it can lead to growth. I will embrace the challenges that life brings. I will develop the people that I have. I don't have to agree with critics to learn from them. I will help people find a place to serve. I will take responsibility to develop and disciple people. And lastly, I will be a great steward of what God has given me. I stop believing the lie. And today, God is here. I feel him so strong. There's many of you all that are dealing with strongholds. Strongholds have had you bound. You just want to breathe. You feel like, man, I'm coming, but I, I can't even breathe. Some of you are like, look, I want to, I, I want to know the truth. I want to be free. I want to enjoy my wife. I want to enjoy my husband. I want to enjoy my children. These strongholds have got me locked up. I want to be baptized today. The strongholds told me I couldn't. The devil is a lie. Today is your day. Today is your day. Today is your day. You want to receive his spirit or you want to be renewed in the spirit. You think your past is hindering you. That's a lie. It's a stronghold. Now is the time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.